0: Good evening, church. Everybody good? Thank you for that rousing response tonight. Everybody's very happy. All right. Young adult Christmas party. Gonna be great. You guys have a skating rink. That's really cool. I I know that because we had to buy extra insurance. No, I'm not kidding. We had to to go out and buy extra insurance for the skating rink. So please come and don't fall down. All right? Thank you very much. All right. Over the next few Wednesdays, I want to talk about unlikely. Unlikely. You know, as we look at the story of the Incarnation. It is at once a story that is completely unlikely. You begin to talk to people about our faith, and you begin to talk about it out loud and listen to it with natural ears. Well, you see, there was this teenage girl, see, and God, like, came on her, like, See, and she like wound up pregnant by God, but see, she'd not been with a man, but she wound up pregnant and she had like this God man and then the God man lived for a while and then he was murdered and then the God man came back from the dead. How many of you know that's a real unlikely story? I mean, it's so wild. I'm not sure Spielberg would try to set that story is somebody gave it to him as a screenplay. Are, Are you with me here so far? And so we step back and we see how God loves to move in the unlikely. This is where God wants to show himself. So let's read the story. It is the season after all. Luke, the first chapter. The sixth month... God sent Gabriel to Nazareth, town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her saying, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. What is the last thing you hear before an angel smites thee? But the angel said, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You'll be with child to give birth to a son. Give him the name Jesus. And he's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will never end. Mary said, right. How does this work? Since I'm a virgin, angel said the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the most High will overshadow you, and the holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. You see it's in the unlikely it's even in the impossible that forms the basis of our faith a teenage virgin, a carpenter of modest means but royal heritage, and we look at the unlikely time in history, which we'll look at tonight, the unlikely place where it occurred and the unlikely people that God chose, and could I offer to you the unlikely people that God continues to choose? Look around and look in the mirror if you want to see unlikely. James chapter 2 verse 5, listen dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? 1 Peter 1, Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout. Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Christ and sprinkling by His blood. And like most God's stories, it's the unlikely folks that God chooses. Abram, too old. Just too old. Sarai, way too old. I mean, we're almost beyond grandmotherhood here. Are you going to have a baby? She laughed because it was so unlikely that she was going to get pregnant. Moses, a murderer. I mean, you wouldn't think that The great deliverer of God's people would distinguish himself from the very beginning through his anger, his murder, and then trying to hide the body. I mean, of all the folk that one would choose to be the great emancipator, you wouldn't think it would be a guy that this is his reputation. David, little problem with the ladies. Paul, persecutor of the church. And somehow I think with Paul, folk never knew quite what to do with him. I mean, they remember dragging family members off. Aren't you the one? And now here you are, and you're preaching the gospel to the gen- We don't know what to do with you. And yet, these are the heroes of the faith. And yet, The most unlikely group of folk that if you were to gather together, you wouldn't think these would be in the cloud of witnesses of that which God wanted to do on the planet. God choosing a bunch of really smelly fishermen. I mean, guys, I mean, if you want to you want to find a rough bunch of folk, go find a fisherman. unlikely and yet these are the folk that god chooses to use first corinthians the first chapter verses 26 through 31 describes this a bit brothers think of what you were when you were called not many of you were wise by human standards you're not a nice way of saying you were just stupid Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world. Such a nice way of just saying, you foolish. But God chose the foolish things of the world to do what? Shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And He chose the lowly things of this world. And the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, it is written, let him who boast boast in the Lord. You see when we begin to understand that one of the methodologies of God's choosing is you being unlikely As I mentioned my wife and I attended my what was it 40 40th class reunion high school And again what a weird time Some of my, some of some of our Some of our teachers were still alive and still there. And they remember. It's amazing the memories that these people have. They don't know their own name or where they parked their car, but they remember you. And it's just unlikely because they thought you would be incarcerated. They remember that you... you, you No. No. (laughs) it ain't gonna work for you no uh uh-uh unlikely my chemistry teacher was there miss jean batten she didn't like me 11th grade chemistry do you remember when you plowed into chemistry class and you thought it was going to be really cool because you were going to blow stuff up I mean, we really thought it was a science class. We thought it's really cool because they've got glassware we can break. they got stuff. they got chemicals. Little did they tell us it was a math class in disguise. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was another math class in disguise. And somehow I jumped off the math train in eighth grade algebra and never got back on. And so by the time I got the chemistry in the 11th grade, it was over. I mean, there were folk and they were showing up after school to wash her beakers for extra credit. And I just didn't care enough about the grade to show up and wash her beakers. I just, it just didn't matter to me any. And she remembered my lack of beaker-washing acumen that I had. She liked me. And she looked at me, and I, had, I gave the invocation. Now, that was a real head tilt for a lot of folk. Let me just. And the fact that I was now a minister of the gospel, she couldn't reconcile it all. <laughs> Unlikely, Pastor Donnell, let me just tell you. But you see, it's in the unlikely that God is most off to move and manifest himself. You see, it's the the atmosphere, it's the environment of the unlikely that God likes the most. And yet it's the one that we like the least. Because it's not oxygen that we like. We like the odds in our favor. We like the, 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 the financial markets moving in this direction. We like the doctor's report being favorable. We like certain things leaning toward the likely, not the unlikely. And yet, it's in that unlikely environs where God says, Now. I'm going to show up in a place that nothing else thrives. See, God moves most in spite of, not because of. It's one of the ways in which God distinguishes himself. Now, I know that there are folk that go out of their way to make it difficult for God to do anything. That's not what I'm talking about. Please don't be stupid. But the reality, do you realize that everything that God does in and through man is never because of us, it's in spite of us. It's the very nature of grace and mercy. It's not because God looks down and says, He done good, I'm going to bless him good. No. It's going to be, well, <laughs> not as bad as it was. It's in spite of. This is this is the unlikely environment that God moves in, and the miracles that Jesus did, He didn't choose the easy ones. Now I love sometimes going to hearing people's testimonies, and they come down, and somebody puts their hands on them, and you know, they, 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 they come down, and you know they're well, I came up here, and and I and I and my foot hurt. Well, does it hurt now? Well, I don't. It hurts a little bit less. No, no, he didn't. You know those kind of miracles that they're not really miracles because you... You know what I'm saying. It's like, well, I think I feel a little bit better. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't choose those. He chose the ones that, you know what, either God's doing this or he's not. He didn't He didn't pick the easy ones, all right? Blind from birth. I mean, this is one that, I'm sorry... This, this, this is one you can't get away with. You either see or you don't see. There's nothing in between. Right? Well, I think I, no, 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 no. Are you seeing anything now? Blind from birth. A man laying for 38 years. Let me tell you, you're laying for 38 years, you have no muscles left on those legs. Everybody can see the atrophy that's happened. I mean, so it's not just a matter that physiologically there was a creative miracle that yes he got up but all of a sudden now those little toothpick legs this guy had all of a sudden their muscles there now somehow it's like where did they come from this guy had been out there for decades everybody knew who he was lazarus three days he purposed himself to hang back I mean, even family was up in his face. What in the world is wrong with you? Why didn't you come when we told you he was sick? He wouldn't have died. You don't understand. That would have been easy. I wanted to wait until his body started breaking down. Oh, you don't want to move that rock, man. It's going to be ugly back there. Good. Just so everybody knows, the flesh has started to decay. I mean, this is not a matter that the brother was in a coma. There's no coma involved. Decomposition has set in. Everybody can smell it. I mean, let's just get graphic here. He said, now I'm going to show you something. Move the rock. And then Lazarus comes hopping out. because You know, he's still bound up. But he doesn't smell anymore. He's coming out of there and many times we 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 use statements like well god can't because can i talk about the theological fallacy in that statement first of all god and can't never belong together in the same sentence if you're talking about the same god that we're talking about in this bible now, maybe there's some other God, small g, that can't, but the God that you and I serve and talk about and worship, God and can't do not belong together in the same sentence. But yet many times you hear Christians, well, God can't because. Really? Seriously? You mean God somehow wrote some rule up there that only you and he know about That God can't do a thing because X, Y, and Z. You see, God's ability to do a thing is almost always in proportion to man's inability to do the very same thing. This is is why, this is what makes God God. And how often our unlikely, it deforms rather than forms our faith. Because we want to make it easy for God. And God is saying, I don't need easy, I'm God. If I wanted easy, I wouldn't have chosen you. If I wanted easy, I would just be working with angels. I wouldn't have given man this horrible thing called free will. God's never been afraid of the difficulties. He's never been afraid of the unlikely. Ah, but it's for everybody else but me. But it's in the unlikely time and the place and person. It's a very atmosphere where God is the most likely to show up. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman made under the law, to redeem them that were under law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The fullness of time. Have you ever wondered about that? How many of you have told God, God, this has got to be the fullness of time? Because I'm out of time. I'm out of patience. I'm out of money. I'm out of gas. I'm out of grace. I'm out of everything. This is the fullness of time. How many of you know that there were quite a few years before Jesus appeared on the planet? God didn't just create man and Jesus showed up. There was a little time span there over a few centuries to say the least. But it says here, when the fullness of time had come. What is the fullness of time when God decides it's full? It's really no more complex than that. And every one of us have some place where we're waiting for the fullness of time to be fulfilled, to be completed, when God will show up in the unlikely, and God says, I'll let you know when that time has come. But let's look at the season, what the Bible calls the fullness of time. Luke 2, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken over the entire Roman world. This was the first census took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to his own town to register. We'll, We'll talk more about this next week, but everybody had to return to their ancestral home place in order to be counted. So this would be like the place where you were born if you wanted to get a social security number and if you wanted to sign up, so to speak, and be recognized, you had to go back to that ancestral home place in order to be, if you wish, registered. This is, this is what was happening. This is, this is how Mary and Joseph wound up, where they wound up. But let's talk about this moment, this fullness of time. That under Caesar, the Roman Empire extended itself further than ever before or since. It was universal. The known world was either a part of it or depended upon it. And it was cruel. And yet Daniel 2.44 says this. In the time of those kings, the, king, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is Daniel interpreting the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, of a rock that had been carved out. Speaking of the kingdom of heaven right here. But the Roman Empire, that only the kingdom of heaven would eventually crush, with that much power, that many people, that degree of moral turpitude, which Rome had at the moment, there was little to foreshadow the coming of God to the earth to do anything but destroy it. You would think if there's ever a moment that God is going to show up and wipe this mess clean, this would be that moment. I mean, some, I mean, think about the worst situation that you can think of. New York City. Pornographers on the West Coast. What, just just the, the worst environment you can think of in this moment, it's nothing compared to the roman empire at the time that jesus showed up the fullness of time and the prognosticators and the prophets and some of them were waiting for this messiah to show up and clean house the same way that there are many folk today waiting for god to show up and do what clean house certainly the fullness of time has come for the judgment of god to be released And certainly this would not be a moment that God could do anything. Much less bring a savior into the midst of this mess. And yet the circumstances surrounding this birth. Feeding station for cows. Rome in its glory. Unsanitary. Born in servitude to a Caesar parents of no means and yet it's in this unlikely that scripture describes as the fullness of time god sends his son and god's time like god's ways it's never ours it's never ours you know we live we live in a moment now that if our internet connection lags about 500 milliseconds, we're on the phone to the fiber people because our kitty cat videos won't load fast enough. I mean, it's, it's pretty phenomenal how impatient that we really have been trained to be. It's amazing. And God's time is, it's never ours. God is never in a hurry. And we look at all the stuff around our lives. We look around at our nation in this particular moment. And we say, what an unlikely moment. What an unlikely environment that God Would show up in. And Saints, that's not a political commentary at all. And yet, whatever the mess is around your life, whether it's of your making or someone else's, whatever the mess is in your workplace, in your family, whatever the mess might be on the planet in this moment. The most unlikely place where you think God would show up is the very place that God is going to show up. Because that's the environment that he loves the best. Oh, it's the one we do everything to avoid. We want to stay away from the unlikely. We want to stay away from the improbable. We want to stay away from the impossible. And God says, bring it. Because it's in that moment that I can show who I really am. The greatest moments, and I believe this, the greatest moments for the church are upon us. I believe that with everything that's on the inside of me. And folks, I can smell the stench just like you can. I can read the news. I can look around at the challenges that face us. We've got unprecedented things that have been, the, the scab has been ripped off of some things in our nation. Challenges that we're facing now. Oh my goodness. And we hand wring and we say, oh yeah, but you know, let me just tell you God is saying, I love it. I don't love the sin. But I love the unlikely. You know, it's an amazing thing how God will let us mess something up so thoroughly. And step back and watch us do it. It's incredible. It's like a three-year-old in his shoelaces. A three-year-old can do things to a set of shoelaces. That honestly... Houdini couldn't fix. And they pull and they tug and they mess it up. And then finally, what do they do? They come to you and they hand you their shoe and say, you've been waiting for it the whole time. And for many of you, that fullness of time It's at that unlikely moment when there are no more answers. There's no easy way through. There's no easy way out. All the windows are shut. The doors are closed. The bank account is empty. The doctors have sent you home. And God is saying, now. That's the unlikely time I've been waiting for. see we look at the condition of the stall you know mary wasn't condition was she wasn't looking around at the stall she wasn't pondering the animals she wasn't pondering the condition at the end of the day by the way which is when things tend to be the messiest in those environments this is not what she was fixated on at all She was fixated on that which God had just birthed through her. That's why it says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So let me ask you tonight what's unlikely around your life? What's become suspect? You wonder, is God there? Is God going to show up? And what the devil wants to do is he wants to tell you, he ain't coming. There used to be a commercial years and years and years ago on television. It was about an ice maker or something like that. It was about the ice machine, the the ice man. Is he coming? He's not coming. I just know he's not coming. And see, that's what the devil wants to do to us in those unlikely moments. Is that he wants to get up next to us and say, he's not coming. Just stop praying. Don't ask again. Look around at the manure around your life. God is not stepping into that mess. And so we begin to look around at our lives and look at the mess that we've made and realize, you're right, God ain't coming. He ain't going to step into that. And yet God is saying, If he would send his own son to be born in the midst of Rome among animals in a manger why do you think God would not step into your unlikely? It's what he specializes in. It's how he showed up to the world. An unlikely young couple Clueless. Absolutely clueless. Pastor Donnell, join me up here. You know, as I was thinking through and pondering this message, I just felt by the Holy Ghost that there's some of you that have reached a place of real hopelessness. That the enemy has told you that not only is it unlikely that God's going to show up, but it's practically impossible because you completely, completely messed it up. But God wants to come to you tonight and tell you he's going to show up. Some of you have come to the end of yourself financially. Congratulations. Congratulations. There's not another 0% credit card to go chase. Congratulations. Some of you have come to the end of yourself emotionally. Congratulations. Some of you have come to it in your own family, your children, your marriage. Unlikely God's going to show up this year. Yet God's saying that's the very environment whereby which he's going to step into And the way that I want us to pray tonight, and Pastor Nell will lead us into this, is that whatever seems unlikely in your life right now is that God would give you vision and revelation that that is the most likely place that he's about to show up in. Pray with me.